0: fm to get started spencer Liff and i are celebrating our five-year friend and he's here in studio to celebrate oh, welcome to popcorn talk featuring movie discussion news and interviews popcorn talk we talk movies oh welcome on into to the point with Kristen burt i am so excited i'm laughing already because spencer was like yeah hi yeah, I'm here no that's a promo, <laughs> no, right. that's a promo. Intros, right. i just want you to know you're not the only one that has done that but guys yes spencer Liff. Right over here I to my left. Song. I know, I'm so glad you're here. And it really is our friend anniversary, which was an. Uh, this was totally not a planned thing, actually, our friendiversary. It just organically happened.
1: Thanks to time. Five huh? years ago, I wandered into that studio. I had no idea what what I, what I was doing or what I was up for. I think it was right after the finale. It's the
0: finale that year. Which
1: would have been season, what was
0: Nine. That? It was season nine. And I, and this was the thing. No one told you about the time that we were watching it, and then we were going to then tape. And you thought that you were going to like tape and then run over to the finale party. Yes. And you basically missed a lot of it. Uh, and yeah, I remember you back with champagne because and you went out to get food and we were like oh my gosh he's never coming back he's so upset that the timing was off we don't even know who organized it at the time so
1: they did yeah you told me to come away early and so uh i was starving i had i think i'd come from the taping of the finale came over to do the show and then was going to go back to the wrap party so i was starving i went and got in an out burger and on the way back i bought champagne and we got drunk
0: on the air. So go back and watch the finale of season 12 from After Buzz. Um, but that was really a good memory because we thought that you were just going to totally like peace out Never. and we were all like he's totally going to leave but when you came back we were all like oh my gosh and we had a great show. Maybe it was Can the champagne. did if
1: I did. I just like <laughs>
0: I know, but we we felt so bad because someone else had—I I don't even know—someone outside the show had had organized uh, the interview, and they were just like Spencer showing up. We were like, "Oh, okay." And <laughs> we felt we felt awful, and then All you good. were such a good five guy. Five years
1: later, here we are. Uh, here and we you are. have a new show.
0: I know this is exciting too, and dance has exploded in the five years since I started it's with AfterBuzz. Keeps
1: going, thankfully. Oh, my gosh. Thankfully, like,
0: and, like, it's on a huge, huge, huge incline. I feel
1: like on the, you know, Sunday we're talking about the golden age of TV, but I also feel like this is a new golden age of dance, and I'm very lucky to be in a time where we can get, I can walk into any door or any room or any movie studio or TV studio, and they are so interested in dance content. You know, it's not like, it's, it's not pulling anybody's teeth to say, I want to do a dance version of this, and they love it.
0: Yeah, but where even maybe five years ago they'd be like, well. It can we make it into an action movie? <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I mean, our shows have sustained season 14 of So You Think You Can Dance, and my ninth year on that show, which has kind of flown by, and it's insane that, that it's been that long.
0: Yeah, it's kind of unbelievable. And I, you know, in my Dance Network interview last night with Nigel, I asked him, I said, what is season 15 looking like? Is it happening? And he said Fox has started some preliminary talks, so that's positive.
1: I mean, I hope, <laughs> I hope it happens. I feel like every year I... And, like, if the show is there, I have to come back and do it. The last two seasons, you know, after after the, you know, seven or eight years it had been, I had other opportunities, and so I minimized how much I did on the show. I had a, a movie I went and shot... Um, last year I was rehearsing fals- falsettos, mm-hmm. so I could only do I think I did a, you know one or two episodes the past two, and uh, this year I was able to at least be back and do a little bit more of it. Um, but you know, t- time managing, scheduling, working on other other shows and things because there is so much dance that's wanted now. I've been back and forth between these Netflix shows and trying to fit in. So you think you can dance and have. A summer of fun. I mean, I know.
0: To... I've seen your Instagram account. You've had some fun. Yes.
1: <laughs> you have to have fun or there's no point.
0: Absolutely. And you know, uh, here's the interesting thing and I have to ask this because this was kind of a hot topic last night and I know you and I had this conversation. You had Lex and Taylor, by the way. I did. And we talked about, you didn't know about the romance and I'm like, well, it's been out there for a long time. Yeah. Then they made this whole package and then they did a me and Michael's number and they're like, they're dating. And I was like, but we went through this too. with Spencer's like, number. They were
1: dating like before i got them but we
0: it, before auditions happened yeah. they've been dating for about a year i'm gonna say an estimate um but didn't the dating revelation happen during your birdcage thing
1: it, yeah i thought that they came out with it i mean maybe they I thought, just tried too. to like get a little more a little more juice out of it i don't know i guess certainly... and
0: nigel was like i had no idea we took it all
1: we brought them to our land <laughs> an endless night Ember, hot and icy
0: cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse.
1: Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become?
0: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And I'm like, Nigel, this has all been going on. I think I said it in
1: my package. That's what I thought. I mean, I found it in the room and... You know, certainly didn't know going in that they were that they were together, and it was actually like it, it, they were sort of awkward because they were together. It was like a different sort of vibe for them, and they were a little um, you know nervous. It was their first time dancing together on the mm-hmm. show, uh, so I I don't know. I was like I was surprised by that, but again, yeah, you know, last night I was like, wait, we we talked about this already.
0: I was so baffled. I was having these same like interviews over and over down the press line last night, and I'm like. I- spencer's package it was in there so i don't i don't know what happened but i just was like just refresh me spencer you were with me right on that because and you and i had talked about it because i was like i I had known just from a long time ago but you know i hear
1: (laughs) well they got a lovely duet last night by the one and only mia Mia who came back to the show Yeah,
0: it it was a nice nice return and your birdcage one they they had a great piece too and nigel adored that I got in the birdcage after, you know?
1: I know. Well, that birdcage, if anybody wants to take a picture of it, is on the corner of La Brea and First Ave. There is that crazy, weird, antique, like, junkie store. Yep. And I'd had the idea for that birdcage for a while. It came from a painting that I would saw on a trip in Copenhagen, and I just, you know, I pitched it to producers, and... They were laughing. They're like, well, we got to find a giant birdcage. And I was walking down the street, like, where am I going to find a giant golden birdcage? And there was one right in front of me. So I marched in, and I asked the guy if we could rent it. And he gave me a price, and I sent it over, and they they got it for me. And we put the number on the show that week. (laughs)
0: I love, it was a really cool birdcage.
1: It was. It was very cool. I was told it works all the time. They were like, the birdcage gets booked more than anyone in Hollywood. That's kind so. of
0: amazing to hear. I really love that.
1: So maybe we'll spot it in other videos and things.
0: We'll, we'll keep our eyes open for that. Well, we're here, of course, though, uh, to talk about you, by the way. You're like...
1: Hello. Hi. Hi.
0: I know he comes in. He's like, what are we talking about? I'm yeah, like, it no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, you.
1: That I, that I can manage to talk about. That.
0: <laughs> but I, I think a lot of people like don't realize like how young you were working. You were, I mean, you were literally a Broadway baby.
1: I was a baby baby. Um, I went on tour uh, for the first time, a national tour, when I was six, six and seven years old. Um, My first audition ever was for Tommy Toon on stage at the Palace Theater in New York. My mother flew me there uh, with her on a vacation, basically, to New York. And the fun thing I got to do was audition for a Broadway show. And we waited in line around the block. And I I did I Can Do That from a Chorus Line. And I choreographed my own little dance break in it and... uh, you know, did it on stage at the Palace Theater. And the next day, I think there was a callback. They offered the job on the spot. Gave us a couple weeks to decide. And so my <laughs> crazy family, my my mother, who was so incredibly supportive, mm-hmm. sold our house in Arizona, quit her job teaching, and we went on tour around the country for, for a year.
0: Okay, hold up. Six is really young. Okay, like, It is it's really young. young. Yeah. It's baby young. Were you already sort of singing and dancing? And to be yeah. choreographing your own little number.
1: I was, well, I... <laughs> uh, I was choreographing so much at such at uh, such a young age. I saw Cats uh, when I was four. It was my first Broadway musical. I'm in that camp of people that Cats changed my life, and I will love it forever. And that's that's the end of that.
0: That's okay. But um,
1: (laughs) I got the like the you know, cassette tape of cats, and and after I saw it, I would put on productions of cats in my living room until my mother could not Kittens. stand it anymore. And uh, I would reenact the show for her, and I would dance around, and she finally found a dance studio in Arizona and put me into dance classes, and uh, I embraced it and got good very quickly. I think I was a natural at it. Um, I certainly felt like I was born to do that. Um, and uh, we had Backstage Magazine, at, or newspaper, yes. at my dance studio. And in that, we read that there were kids in the Will Rogers Follies. And that's how it started.
0: Your mom just took a chance. She was like, let's go to
1: New York? Well, my mom was an adventurer. And that's she amazing. liked, you know, we liked New York. And I had been there twice, you know, twice. I had gone back with my dad and actually seen Will Rogers when it had first opened on Broadway. And I also saw Tommy. And so in my head, I was like, well, there's kids in that show. And there's kids in that show. Like, I could do this now. I don't have to wait till I'm an adult. Um, But it was my first audition ever was was that audition, and I was off and running. (laughs)
0: That's kind of amazing. <laughs> That's really amazing and really thinking about it. And, you know, for a kid, life on the road was probably very exciting. My husband was on tour for two and a half years and I was like, come home. At a certain point, it got to a point. Yeah, it only it was lasted a, lot. a year. But as a kid, though, it must have been the greatest adventure.
1: It was, and my mom was a teacher, and so our schooling was going to every museum in every city, and she put together our lesson plans based on where we were, and I got to tour the country every single major city. And there were uh, four other kids on the road, and uh, and so we were like a little family and we did our homeschooling together and we performed together and it was it was amazing and we after I got off the tour we moved to LA and I was in the LA dance scene and world and worked a lot commercially here I used to take class from Wade Robson when he was like 13 years old and I was probably like seven or eight
0: that's ridiculous and and
1: used to take back in the day from like Mia back in in those days and none of the dance studios that are around now like uh, the edge wasn't open yet it was a we took a Tremaine and Mora Landis was the name of this wow. this studio. We're talking probably like uh, 92, 93. I was here for the Northbridge quake. Speaking of, our, uh, we had our uh, little earthquake last night. We had a 3.6 last but, night. Um, but I, we were here for that. Uh, and I did, there was a little <laughs> small group of dance kids that did every commercial that came up. We did McDonald's commercials. I was in the like, Pringles commercials when like they had the little dancers. And, and uh, I did... Disney sing-along videos and, um, you know, literally anything that would come up that required kid dancers, there wasn't that many of us. And so we were like a little tribe here that that did that. I did uh, hip-hop with the Power Rangers. That was one of my favorite ones. I mean, like, there's so much random scary footage of little baby Spencer So we out need there. to be
0: trolling YouTube, I guess, right? Spencer, Liv, they're, Pringle, Spencer, Liv.
1: <laughs> they're all... I mean, this was all so... So long before you could upload anything. To, I mean, oh god, that. little baby, baby
0: little baby headshot. It's so cute. I mean,
1: that wasn't even. That was probably like nine or ten. So that wasn't even at the at my youngest. But yes, I I did a lot of, I did a lot of modeling back then, and and I loved it. And then at uh, I think it was nine years old. We flew to New York and auditioned for Big, the musical on Broadway. Wait,
0: didn't you do Gypsy with Bette Miller before? I,
1: yes, I did. Gypsy was you my. You have f- to
0: tell this story because this is a great story.
1: Gypsy was my first movie ever. It was produced by Craig Zanin and Neil Marin, who have employed me. Hairspray,
0: you guys. Hairspray, Chicago. Chicago. Uh, They've done the Oscars uh, many years, many
1: times. They do all of the NBC live musicals. But I so since I was like, I think, seven years old, I have literally worked for them my entire life. But yeah, I was I was a, a young little bit part in Gypsy see. Uh, it was Clarence and his classical clarinetist at the very beginning and it was just on recently and I watched it and uh, I looked back and in one shot um, there was Elizabeth Moss at playing, winner. playing Baby Louise and Lacey Chabert playing Baby June and Spencer Lift playing Clarence and his classical clarinet and Bette Midler who terrified me to no end back then because you know she was a big Grand Dame diva of the set, and um, hello
0: Dolly now killing it. I know. The, you know well, she's been amazing this but, season.
1: But yeah, so that was my first. I mean, I was on a film set, and it just everything was incredible, and it just felt like it was going to be the rest of my life. There was never a question that I would do anything else or try anything else and it has still, all these years later, never never come up, never crossed my mind that, that I was not doing exactly what I was meant to do.
0: That's so amazing. Uh, talk about the experience with Big because Big was an original musical, obviously based off of the movie but that's always like a big venture when they're they're mounting a new musical. Do you remember all of that?
1: I do. I remember it in- incredibly clearly and there is also a book, a very famous book that a lot of people have read called Making It Big and there was a woman who was documented. What was supposed to be this big hit show, and she was with us from day one. And we were at the time the biggest flop that had ever happened in Broadway history in terms of money. We had the biggest producers behind us. It was one of the first uh, movies, like current movies to musicals. It was the very beginning of that trend. Mm-hmm. And it was the year of rent. We were up against rent at the Tony's and bring the noise, bring the funk. And oh my it was gosh. this we were the polar opposite. We were this sweet, young, you know, very F.A.O. Schwartz colorful show. And we had a, tumu- a tumultuous out-of-town tryout where we put in new production numbers every single night. And, uh, you know, the cast of 11 kids, we were expected to learn new songs, completely new dances, put them in that night. Susan Stroman was the choreographer. You- this
0: was her first big Broadway show, too, no, wasn't Crazy it? Crazy for You. Crazy for You, she of course. Had, I, that's I think right.
1: won the Tony for Crazy yes, for the year you. before but, or something. But she was still early in her career and certainly the biggest choreographer at the time. And you did not mess up. Like, you did not miss a step. You, you had to be perfect. Perfect every single night and you would only do that number for one or two nights and you would already be on to learning the next one, new lines, new lyrics, new, new everything.
0: Do you remember the pressure of that?
1: I mean there was I was in it with all these other kids, and we just did it. And we were good. And a lot of those kids are still working today, which is crazy. It, you know, they picked these incredibly passionate young kids. Mm-hmm. Again, from an open call, I went and auditioned with thousands of kids at a public high school in New York, and they just whittled it down. And And we had – there was a lot of auditions for that, a lot of callbacks. and uh wow. But um, it was an incredible first experience to to really – originate a part originate a track on Broadway and the show opened and it did not get great reviews and we lasted I think nine months on Broadway but still as a kid you know Doing the same show every night for nine months. And we lived in Hell's Kitchen. I lived on Forty Six between 9th and 10th. I was allowed to walk to the theater by myself because it was early. I could not walk home because right. New York was very, very sketchy back At then. At that
0: time, it was bad, you guys. <laughs> when I
1: came, we performed on the Tony Awards in 1996. It was the first time I'd been on the Tonys, um... Walking home from the Tony Awards that night, there was a body shot, like, on our stoop on 46th Street coming home. I remember that very clearly. But that was, you know, you walked by the drug dealers and the prostitutes in front of the Milford Plaza, and then you got to Shubert Alley. (laughs) But that was the, like, you know, 10-year-old Spencer had, had that to... To open my eyes, but I, it made me fall in love with New York because I had freedom there. I could go by myself to Broadway Dance Center. I could go to Steps. I didn't have to live out of a minivan, getting driven all over mm-hmm. with auditions. You know, from my mom, and you know, my mom was very supportive and sort of let me start to have that freedom. And and that that love affair with New York lasted for 17 years. I was I was a New Yorker. I did five broadway shows and worked consistently through, you know throughout my teenage years and into adulthood and new york definitely shaped who i am as a person it gave me all of my friends it gave me the drive to never give up because that is a very hard town to live in but i would be i would be so different if if we had stayed in Arizona, mm-hmm. or even if we'd stayed in LA,
0: yeah, it's a different, very different existence living in New York versus LA. I, I did, I did nine years there myself, so you, you definitely you feel it. You feel the energy, and you feel it's always a even when you're doing well, it's still a daily battle to it's survive there yeah. it's always it's just constant like you're surrounded go into by... the
1: grocery store is an effort and you feel like triumphant when you get home with your you know your bags of groceries and,
0: and it's like what you're only for that meal tonight do you know what i mean <laughs> because you can't do now they deliver but back in the day like you'd just be like okay i'm gonna make spaghetti tonight yeah. so this is what i'm picking up that's it that's the new york existence and i, I only had like mustard in my fridge when i lived in new york because everything was takeout
1: I see. I love to. I love to cook, and we. You know, I always did cook. So that, and I also oddly love to grocery shop. It is one of the most calming things for me to do. <laughs> and if I'm in like a bad mood or a bad place, I swear it's like so meditative for me to just walk down the grocery aisle, pick up things. I love to read the labels, the nutrition facts. Like people think I'm crazy, but like I won't use Zappos or those other things because. It takes away the pleasure of going to the grocery store. <laughs> I love
0: it. I'm going to send you to do all my grocery shopping. I like to cook, but I don't want to do the grocery shopping. So
1: I don't like cleaning. Oh, yeah. No. That's I the, don't the think the deal. anyone does. I will does. make a mess and, and cook for days, but I like, just want to magically get clean. I'll
0: be like, Spencer, how are you feeling today? You want to go some, do some grocery <laughs> shopping for me? <laughs> Let me know when you're having a bad day. Um, I want to know, because I know as an adult, I've had plenty of friends on Broadway. When you get that closing notice, it's tough. How about as a kid? Do you take it... Do you understand the whole aspect of it, or is it a little bit easier?
1: No, you... I mean, you understand it, and I have been in... uh, I've been in a number of flops. (laughs) So you get... You know what's coming. You walk into your theater that night, and there's a notice on the board, and it says um, the producers would like to have a meeting on stage at half hour, and you go, oh, I'm about to be unemployed, okay? And, like, you take a deep breath, and usually it's a two-weeks notice. I remember... I was doing a show called Crybaby, mm-hmm. which I, it was the first show I was associate choreographer of. I had been with it for about three years, readings and workshops and out of town, and and we did it. It was a huge, amazing dance show. It was killing my body, um, but it was you know one of my favorite things I ever did. And we were not selling well. It was the producers of Hairspray. It was their follow up, and you know it just didn't hit for some reason. And we we walked in the, into the theater. We got our notice, and they gave us a week. And I remember like that just knocked the wind out of me because it was a Tuesday. It was the Tuesday after the Tony Awards. We didn't win any of our Tonys. And and we knew. I was like slowly walking up to the theater that night and I knew that that notice was going to be on the board. But I thought we'd have a little bit of time. And they just said, you know, your last performance is on Sunday and you i was like shattered and then it becomes so precious every moment every step that you have left on stage you know you don't you don't have that long to prepare 9 to 5 i did I was different we had like 3 months notice so it was a long it was a long lead that's up that's a process. long goodbye <laughs> it was they i i don't know why some you know some do some don't um
0: Sometimes they close right after the holiday season too. They get that last. Yeah, they often bang. did. I did. Yeah. I
1: did the wedding singer. It was the same. They announced in like I think September, or October that we would close January first or right. something. So you know, like New Year, unemployed. Here we go. You know, but what, time
0: to audition for another show. But
1: as a kid, I remember actually big was I was leaving to go do a national tour of Oliver, and so I would have had to quit. Big if uh, if we hadn't closed. So I remember secretly I was like totally fine that I was closing because I didn't want to leave all my friends and all the show. But it was like selfishly I was like, all right, well it's not going to be there anyway. So I'm going to go be on the on the tour of Oliver.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. You also did um, uh, Daniel Radcliffe's Equus, didn't you? That was a that was a really big splash in New York. Like I remember that like being a thing because this was one of his big roles outside of Harry Potter.
1: It was it was a weird. Everyone thought it was strange for me to make that choice because I had, uh, it was coming off of, I think it was coming off of 9 to 5, and I was the associate of Rob Ashford, who was an incredible choreographer and, and a mentor to me, and I had worked with him kind of, you know, basically exclusively for three years, and he had a production of Brigadoon coming up that we had done workshops of, and I, um, you know, it was a big, huge dance show, and I had just won for Crybaby, I had just won the Ascara Award. Just you know, it's a big accolade at that age. Fred
0: Astaire Award, just throwing that out there. So everyone... Um
1: it is now called the Cheetah Rivera Award. It's Oh, is that the ones thing. that they, they just they, had? It just switched yeah. over. I don't know why they changed the name. But
0: Modernize so I, I
1: I don't know. But I so I have I had an Astaire Award it was it was best male dance performance on Broadway, which I got for, for Cry Baby and and then all of a sudden this play came along that I, I was like, I want to be around play actors. I want to work with a, a director of plays. I wanted to work with Dan and Richard Griffiths was in it. And, you know, it just seemed like it was going to be such a, a new learning experience for me. So I made a big choice to not go on with Brigadoon and, and just not work with Robin to go. I was the associate choreographer of this play because it was movement. We all played horses. And, and it was a smart decision. I made a lot of new connections and I... Um, you know, I'm on the path now to becoming a director and just getting to watch that. it was uh, Her name was Thea Sherrick. And getting to watch her direct actor-actors and not even musical theater actors, it's a totally different game and it's a different discipline.
0: And Equus is a tough play. I, I, I don't know if everyone knows the whole premise of Equus, but I would say you need to watch it at least once in your life. Because it's, it's so powerful, it's so strong, you leave walking out of the theater like... <laughs> Wow, what did I just watch? It's... We
1: yeah, every night we stood on stage and watched uh and watched Dan get naked for 15 minutes and have a mental breakdown and then uh stab our, our our eyes out and we went nuts and had to like kick and scream all over the place. And it was a very it was a very emotionally taxing thing to go through every single night and feel his pain because we were standing feet from him and sort of giving him our energy as he was, you know, going through this in, you know incredible breakdown. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards we go across the you know the street to the bar at Angus and like have a drink and, you know, laugh it up and come back and do You it have again. to shake but, it
0: off actually. You can't take that yeah. home with you.
1: I would start to, to like, zone out after a while on stage, and I would do, like, lists in my head just to not to not go down that, that path. You have well. to compartmentalize
0: but, something like that. I don't think people realize, like, and, and I guess, you know, I think a lot of people probably think of someone like Keith Ledger. Like, he kind of took the Joker home with him, and, yeah. and that's kind of what happens if you, like, let yourself get too into it. You have to be careful.
1: Well, yeah, and then there's other, you know, I... You take a little bit of any role home with you. Like, when we were sometimes physically too when I was in crybaby we had to be covered in tattoos so we had fake tattoos on us and it was very interesting to even like walk out of the theater and get on the subway covered in these like vintage 1950s tattoos which looked real and I would notice the difference in how I got treated on days when I left them on and days when I took them off but I felt like a badass when I had my (laughs) tattoos on and I was like nobody's gonna mess with me right now and I had this like you know, 50s bad boy feel just because I would, I played it for two and a half hours a day of my life. But. That's
0: kind of amazing. It's like a psychological experiment.
1: It was, and we would, you know, like I said, I would. you would get different looks from people serving you or standing on the train next to you. And I was covered, like, in snakes and parts and daggers and, like, all, you know, all sorts of cool stuff, but... Um, you know, And then the local people at the shops from my neighborhood would be so confused because I'd come in some days covered in tattoos. And then other days, you know, on the days off, we would wash them off. And... You're
0: like, they wash off. <laughs> I'm such a badass, like, such they a wash a off. Like... <laughs> You know, working with Rob Ashford, like how did he take you on as an associate choreographer? Because it's kind of a big deal. And I don't necessarily know if people understand that Like, if a choreographer kind of takes you on, you're working oftentimes on multiple projects with them mm-hmm. and... It is good employment for a long time, as long as you stay with them.
1: It is, and a lot of choreographers keep the same associates for years. Uh, Warren Carlyle was Susan Stroman's associate for many, many years, I love and Warren. yeah, as I as do I. And I first worked with Warren, I think, on a Stro project when he was the associate. Warren's actually in the movie Center Stage, uh, which Susan Stroman choreographed. Just a tidbit: if you go back and watch the like jazz scene, there's Warren Carlyle. <gasps> He's in on the, the, the jazz
0: floor. scene. Yeah. <sighs> um, anyway, Bread tutu.
1: But um, I. You know, I get asked a lot by people like how to become an assistant, how to become an associate, and, and you have to just you speak up. I did the wedding singer with Rob when I was just a dancer. I was nineteen years old, and he had an incredible associate named Joanne Hunter, and I was so enthralled by their relationship and how well they worked together, and I loved how Rob choreographed and how everything was so story driven and. And I would just watch him and I thought, like, I know that I want to choreograph and I would love to learn from him. And, you know, I was – he liked me as a dancer, always put me front and center, and and we – began to have a good relationship, and Joanne was just about to go off on her own and choreograph on her own. And I stepped up and I said, I want to assist you on the next workshop or anything that you do. I just want to be in the room, and worked my way up from the bottom. I was you know, the second assistant and just was there to sort of create on. And then as time went along, and and he knew that we worked well together in a room and that I – could take on responsibility, I became dance captain, and then I became assistant choreographer, associate choreographer. Mm -hmm. And then in times, you know, when Rob would have to go off and, and do different projects, then I was in charge of shows, I was doing recasting of things, I was doing put in rehearsals, and I was still 23 at the time. I remember during during crybaby time, he wasn't around to stage our Tony number or our Today Show performance or our Good Morning America. And the producers. Had no, had no choice but to sort of let me do it. And I learned on the job very quickly, like, how to get that stuff done, how to edit numbers down. And um, it was sort of like not having a safety net and just going, and but being trusted by him to do it meant mm-hmm. everything to me because I knew, like, if he believed in me, that it meant I could do it.
0: And the other interesting thing is if something said on the stage – when you do it for camera, can be totally different, too.
1: It was the beginning of me of learning what the all-important camera shots are and how it doesn't matter what it looks like in a proscenium anymore and it, yeah. it only matters what they're capturing. Um, but but that being said, I I was, I was went around and tried to work with as many people as possible. Um, so anytime there was a little pre-production gig, like I did pre-production with Sergio on Guys and Dolls and I would do work with Warren on his city centers when he did On the Town there. Um, Kathleen Marshall did Benefits and I would work with her. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of like, it's taking a bag of tricks of what you like about every choreographer, how they even treat people in a room, how they treat their... The pianist playing I mean you you just observe and you're like well that I don't like how they did that or Mm -hmm. or that meant a lot to me just as a dancer for them to treat me that way and I'm gonna do that when I'm in charge and and so I I tried to work with as many people as possible and then the crazy life-changing experience of getting put onto So You Think You Can Dance at 23 before I had really choreographed much on my own at all and that was certainly, it was like jumping into the deep end.
0: How did that come about? Because it, everyone kind of goes d- different routes of getting to So You Think yeah. You Can Dance. Did you just submit a choreography reel or did you get a phone call?
1: It was um, it was a perfect combination of a lot of things. I was out in, um, in L.A. for a month and a half working on the Oscars, associate choreographer to Rob Ashford. Another great job. He brought me along. We were doing this big, huge number with Beyonce and Hugh Jackman, and it was like an ode to movie musicals. And we had employed fifty dancers, and uh, you know, so I was present in the scene. Rob couldn't come out to do the casting, so I you know I came out and and held all the auditions and cast everybody, and you know the the job was going great. And I think that the producers had just sort of gotten wind of that and this this young kid that was in town from Broadway and they were interested in expanding the Broadway category on the show. Mm And then my manager knew someone that was a music producer on the show. And so just that combination of things, they were able to get me in the door. Yes. So I got my meeting with Jeff Thacker, our producer. I, Like I said, I was 23 years old, shaking in my boots, walking into the studio. Because I was a huge fan of the show. I had watched every single episode from season one, knew everything about the show. And I knew exactly what I wanted to bring to the show and the but voice I would you. have. It did. And, and I, you know, I went in and we had a, we had a meeting. And they asked what I wanted, and I pitched songs and ideas and, you know, talked up and down about how, you know, how I could do this and do this. And, you know, and, and I think he was fascinated by me, but he told me to go home and make a video and send it in, like, to, you know, put, put a reel together of a number that I would like to do. And I had a couple thousand bucks saved and it was a vacation fund. I mean, I was on like a working Broadway dancer salary, which is sadly not that much. Um, And so I'd saved a little bit of money and I think I was going to, like I said, I was going to go on vacation with it. And I decided that this was my shot and I was going all in or nothing. So I hired a camera crew and I got a great dancer and, you know, booked the studio space. And I did, I, you know, I came up with my number and I filmed a rehearsal package, including interviews with myself, put the graphics from the show on. Just like they do. And I did an exact package of, you know, I did an exact segment of what, of how I would be on the show. Did the, we didn't get the lift right and the video and i mean, like, I did everything because I knew the show so well. Do you still have this? And I said, yeah, it's somewhere on like a DVD. It's so old.
0: You should totally put it up on YouTube at some point. You know what's
1: funny is like, I never actually did the number on the show that, that I did in my audition reel, and I've thought about going back and being like, maybe I should one day do that on the show. Yeah, but, like
0: rework it or something. Yeah,
1: um, but I, uh, you know, I, I sent it in, and this was the end of season five that, that they were sort of at, and season five was, I think, the height of the show in my mind. That was Kayla was on that year, um, who has now become like a long time associate I love to Kayla. me. But that was, it was Janine and Kayla and Brandon, and I mean, it was just, it was, when they had their finale at the Staples Center or wherever it was, it was like They the Dolby,
0: where they do um, the Oscars. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it was, it was the height of the show, and they were doing a season six, that weird fall season. I don't know if anyone mm-hmm. remembers. And I got a call, and they said, you know, we've been sitting on your reel a while, and we feel like you really understand the show. Um, so you're going to be on this week. You have three days to pick a song, and we're going to fly to to L.A., and I just – I got the very first time, and it happens every single time now, I got that So You Think You Can Dance Vomit Feeling. And if you ask any of the choreographers, <laughs> we all know exactly what that feels like. And it happens from the moment you know you're actually on the show that week all the way until, you know, the judges' comments are done. And it's just that nervous butterflies in your stomach of the million things that can go wrong, and um, – but I – it was it was insane that it was really happening and i couldn't believe it and so we you know i i picked my song they tried to explain to the best of their ability, like, the, the time frame of rehearsals and that you have to pick your costumes and your lights and your makeup and send pictures for all these things. And it was incredibly overwhelming. And they, as they often do with new choreographers, you get vetted with some of the less, you don't get the favorites. Of course. You get, you know, the the outer styles. And, and I have since had, I think I joke, every single b boy every single hip-hop boy. And I have learned to love and embrace them and take what they do and use that to my advantage. Yep. But my first week, I had a ballroom girl named Karen and this untrained street dancer named Kevin, and I was convinced that in six hours they were going to do this incredibly technical fossy piece. Broadway. <laughs> Looking back, I could have easily taken those two and figured out how to do a great number with them, but he just didn't know. So my first my first week on the show was a bomb, and they were able to see through that like the choreo was there and that you know I did not. I did not play to my dancers' strengths, and, you know, they did not look great. They, I think they went home that week, and I marched back into the office of Jeff Thacker, and I said, I have to I have to do it again. You have to let me go again. And I had a much more sort of out-of-the-box idea, and I was going to do Razzle Dazzle and, and do it as a, you know, a girl that was a ballerina from the top of the music box getting lured into evil, and, and I got... They said yes. I don't know why. <laughs> I started rehearsal the next day. They cleared the song for me that night, and I got Eleanor and Ryan. Ooh, um, nice. And it just it just clicked that we clicked, and I had my first you know hit of a number, and that set set me sailing off. And I had been on every single season. since You're then. like, Phew.
0: but do you think this is interesting? Because we've seen choreographers kind of be one hit wonders, or you know, show up and then never yeah. appear again. Do you think walking into Jeff's office going. I didn't do my best, but I got this. I, I know exactly what I need for that that second chance. Can you give me that second chance? Do you think that made a difference?
1: I mean, I'm sure it did, rather than mm. me just leaving and getting away. into my car. I mean, my manager was there; it was the biggest thing in the world. All of my friends from back in New York were watching. The show was live. Then, um, you know, so it's like all of Broadway was watching. They'd all known me, and and it was mortifying that I'd had such a you know a negative first experience. And I remember I hugged my manager after and I cried and I was so upset and disappointed that it didn't go the way that I wanted it to and that I'd had in my head. But I've never been a one to give up. I've always been a fighter. And I knew that just from that one week on the job, I knew exactly how to do it then. I just needed a week to learn. And I don't know why Jeff gave me the second chance. I, you know, I think Tice was busy that week. That's what I say, like, because this was back in the day where Tice was the only one doing Broadway, really. So I for whatever reason I like I said I got back on but I in the same way that I put all my eggs in the basket when I, when I submitted to it and I think back I'm like that couple thousand dollars was everything I had at that point but yeah. it has certainly changed the course of my life and you have to you have to believe in yourself and, and know that you know and it's not like a delusional believing in yourself like i i really did. I was like i can do this i know i can do you've it been and on Broadway.
0: like you've, you you <laughs> have the, the street cred behind it you know you're not just like ah oh, i'm just like this random guy off the street you know coming in
1: but there you know i i really hadn't done much to warrant being on the show but i like i, said, I learned very quickly on the job and i still to this day like i cannot imagine the things that i i have learned from that show in live the live TV pressure cooker situation, every job I've ever had since being on So You Think You Can Dance doesn't stress me out. And I've now, I mean, I've, I was a producer on Neil Patrick Harris's mm-hmm. um, Best Time Ever. I i was the choreographer of the whole show, but also a segment producer. I was insanely stressful to create an hour of live dangerous content for him to do every week. And everyone was running around so stressed, and I was, like, calm about everything. And it was because I'd come up against every situation over all the years of So You Think. Getting the calls the, the night before, you can't have your prop anymore. Your song didn't clear. We have to switch your dancers. You you know, you can't have your prop. We've got too many props this week. We're pulling all the props. And you're like, "Well, that's my whole concept. They're like, you'll figure it out. And they sort of – they know that we will, and they they put us up against – these challenges, and it's all about rising to the occasion, proving to yourself you can do it, and and like I said, it just has carried me over. I work on sitcoms all the time now, little like random dance scenes. If there's a wedding or a quinceanera or you were just bar on One Day at a Time, or, I know that. Yes, I I do One Day at a Time. I'm doing this new show called Alexa and Katie. Um, but you you walk onto set and get handed pages, and they straight up say okay so we want like a minute long tango number these are our actors they've never danced before like 15 minutes of rehearsal go ahead and you just do it and like there's there's no situation that stresses you out because i'm like all right we're gonna make this the best we can in these 15 minutes and i learn from from so you think that every second you spend thinking that it's unfair or thinking i can't do this or or thinking like, well, this didn't happen to me in the other room. She didn't take her props away from her, and like, or they got but, the
0: best dancers. And- but
1: you, you, you know, you just any second that you spend wondering why this is your scenario is just one less second you have to make it the best that it can be. And that, strangely, that mentality has been able to carry me through just so many stressful job situations. And so every year I go back to So You Think because I'm grateful. It was like this. It was absolutely. On, you couldn't put a price tag on what it taught me. There is no college. There's nowhere in the world that could teach you. And we had to learn bravely in front of audiences. And as social media grew, the ability for fans to let you know what they thought of your pieces and to you know, tweet at you directly. It's changed and, a lot. And doesn't matter. I learned from that that you will never please everybody because I get hate tweets no matter what. People are, are, you know, feel the need to share their opinions with you very personally with that, at Spencer and make sure you see it. I
0: just tweeted this today. I said, I'm so tired of people, like, tweeting at, like, all-stars and contestants. I'm like, why are you sending the negativity to them? like, just tweet it out there if you need to, but you don't need to tag them. It's like, I've got no time. It's
1: there. And And then they tag
0: me on it, and I'm like, well, you know I'm not going to respond to you. Like, why do you need to share it with me? Because I like dance?
1: You know, I... It is upsetting sometimes, and but people have their favorites, and there's part of me that's like glad that people are engaged in it um but in the, it's the same as reviews if you're gonna take the good and when I love when people want to tweet and say that was their favorite number of the night or their favorite number ever or you know you're brilliant and I you know that it all feels great and then you also have to read those things that say like you have no business being on the show why are you you know you're I've been told I'm the worst choreographer in the world the 13 year old girl told me she hoped I died like I mean you really get everything (laughs) and you you said you you have to take both of them and the same thing with you know a a New York Times review that may or may not like the Broadway show you spent four months of your life on you you deal with it every single major choreographer that is around. Andy Blankenbuehler, who now has his two Tonys, you know.
0: He just dealt with Dirty Dancing.
1: Uh, well, Dirty Dancing wasn't great for him. Bandstand was his first thing to direct. He directed and choreographed just it. Just closed, closed last, yeah, yeah, just uh, two nights ago. Yeah. yeah. So, you this business is perseverance, and it is picking yourself up and keep keep ongoing and just finding the next bit of inspiration Um, and there's also these highs and these lulls like we were talking about Mandy Moore and she has been pushing and kicking in this game for a long time long time and it is incredible to watch her get her due and to watch her get all the jobs. You know, she's can literally, <laughs> she's like, killing it right she gets now. every single job that, that, and we're very similar in style, so I'm like, she's getting all of my jobs right now. But I can watch her and know that that's well-deserved and that, you know, we'll each have our moment and I'll have my moment to get all. you happy for her
0: success. I literally, I, I saw Mandy, you know, at the Emmys, you know, last week now, or two weeks now, because uh, it was two weeks ago, but... Uh, I told her, I'm like, I'm so nervous for you, I, and I know you're going to win tonight, but I was like, if you don't, I'm going to be the girl in the press room, like, throwing the table over, because I felt I felt like it was my Emmy, and I don't, it's clearly not my Emmy, I didn't do any of the hard work, but I just wanted it so bad for her that I was like, all night, I was like, I'm just sick in my stomach till we get to choreography, because I just want, I, 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 she, well, she deserves, deserves it. She deserved it.
1: She deserved it. It was almost like her, you know. It's like the lifetime achievement Emmy, like six nominations.
0: Like, please, I mean, like yes.
1: Travis had a bunch uh, too before he finally won, and sure did. you know. But it was interesting this year because Travis's work really also deserved to win, which is why I'm glad our category has a tie. Um, you know, and I, I would love to have one of those gold trophies one day myself. You have two I, Emmy
0: nominations. I
1: do have two Emmy nominations, but I sadly only got to go to the Emmys one year. Um, and we talk about when it rains it pours that the Emmy nomination my second Emmy nomination came at a time the one that
0: surprised you i remember you telling me you're like i I'm was shocked totally surprised.
1: i because i often don't even know what um, you know if i submitted or not like this past year i did not submit i i think it's very i think it's wise to submit when you think you have a chance yeah. um, and i you know didn't do that much on the show last year it was the kids and i was like this is i'm not going to put this in front of them i want to save my work for for when for when I think I I have a shot. So I knew I wasn't in the running for this year. I think that, you know, my our agents do the paperwork and all the submitting and, mm-hmm. and they ask what numbers you want to say and I was like, ah, oh, that one, that one, that one, and then you forget about it. Um and when your phone goes nuts and, and it's six in the morning or whatever it is and and you're you think someone like something must be wrong because your phone won't stop beeping and you know, you wake up to to that. It's incredible. But I, at that time, I was, I had Spring Awakening, which I was choreographing on Broadway. That was, uh, and I had, well, the the week of the Emmys, I was in New York. It was the first live episode of Neil Patrick Harris' TV show. It was the first preview of Spring Awakening. It was the closing night of Hedwig. And which I had to like restage a finale number for.
0: Who closed in that? Was it? Uh, um, uh Tay Diggs closed
1: Tay Diggs it. closed but it. But our closing night, we had every single Hedwig come back and they all did the final Tay, number Darren, together. Chris, Neil, Neil. Um, Michael C. Hall. I'm trying to think. We were missing one. I don't think Andrew could come maybe on. Uh, but anyway, so it was just, I mean, it was like this insane week of these momentous events in my life of openings and closings and Emmys. And there was no actual physical way for me to get to Los Angeles to, to even be at the Emmys, even if I had turned around as soon as the category was done and gone back to New York. <laughs> so, you know, you're like, I can't even enjoy the fruits of that labor. <laughs> I know. But um, but it will, you know, hopefully, it will happen again, and I will enjoy it all the more getting to to sit in that audience.
0: How did your relationship with Neil Patrick Harris start? I, I saw Hedwig. I won the lottery. My husband and I both. He was my boyfriend at the time, but we were both won the lottery and we were like, we're going to see this. And I was like, pose the next to Spencer's name on the billboard. I was so excited because this was like the show that season. It was. It was
1: the hot ticket of yep. that moment. Um, I mean, it was ins- it was insane. We uh, I my relationship with Neil came about um. He was a fan of So You Think You Can Dance, and we were at an opening night party in uh, of Broadway. I think it was opening night of Promises, Promises, and he
0: China with and Sean Hayes. Yes, yes,
1: produced by Craig and Neil. Well, there you go. Um, and but it was also I think it was choreographed by it was choreographed by Rob Ashford, and it was the first show that I had not done with him in a while because I had gone off to do my own. But uh, Neil sort of bounded across the room. And he was like, I'm a huge fan of so you think you could dance and I love your work. And he goes, I have a big dance number that's coming up on the premiere of How I, How I Met Your Mother. Will you please choreograph it? And I'm like, Yeah, of course. <laughs> nah. So not we uh, we started work and he we worked for like two weeks. He wanted to rehearse this number with him and Kobe Smolders. And and it was the uh, you know, I forget, this was a whole lot of years ago. But I it was a big hit, the number was great and then i became the choreographer of how i met your mother and every time there was a dance number to be had on the show i did it and I, sh- I you know it was several years of working with neil and then he began to take me on to his award shows and i choreographed him in the emmys and worked with him for his tony awards and mm-hmm. you know all of those little extra gigs and he it was really in the prime of his song and dance career he was doing everything and anything yeah. and he just started insisting that I be his choreographer for everything. That's amazing. Uh, and when Hedwig came around, it was the same. He he told the director that he had a choreographer in mind. Thankfully, I had knew that director. He had worked with me on Smash. It was Michael Mayer, um, and I, it was. It's very hard to get your first Broadway show, and it was. I was, still was very young, and so to have Neil basically say, "I am." doing the show and that's going to be my choreographer and the producers were not going to object and and so I got I got my first show but then you know crazy enough I had to re-choreograph that show seven times for the all of the the new headwigs. the new headwigs. we had a new headwig every three months and I really went back and redid a lot of that show for each one of them and you know then the tour went out I did the same thing
0: did the role
1: So I've, you know, that show certainly changed my life, but it was also one of the first things I ever had to relook at. And, you know, when John Cameron Mitchell, the writer of the show, went in, Mm -hmm. he told me, you know, off the bat, he said, I want everything new. Because I I don't want to do a single thing. I think we should just refresh Fresh. everything. So I was like, well, I did my version of the show, and I did it again and again and again, and then really for him, like went back to square one and couldn't do anything that was the same. So it was it was an interesting process. It's crazy to 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 rework something that when you get something to a opening night on Broadway. You're kind of done with it. You think it's, this is my version. This is, it may not be perfect, but this is what I'm going to do with the show. Um, and then three months later, you're like, never mind. I'm going to redo it.
0: You're like, all over again. I remember when you got that. Actually, I think you were on our show on After Buzz, and you're like, I have something to tell you. I told announce. you, but I can't tell you. And you're like, you're like, I can't tell you. So I, I think I sent you a DM, and I'm like, please tell me you're doing Hedwig. Yeah,
1: that's right. It was, you know. And I then you were like, don't
0: not. you dare tell anyone. I'm like, I won't.
1: That's, yes, it was right. And I remember when it first got announced, it was on Broadway Sirius XM Radio. Video, and I was driving in my car, um, I was driving back from uh, Magic Mountain, I was doing a shoot there of a, a, a pilot, so it was like, long, exhausting day, like, working on this pilot, and I'm in my car, and the announcement came on, and they were like, just announced, the choreographer of Hedwig is gonna be Spencer Lyft from So You Think You Can Dance, and I screamed, almost drove my car off the road, because, <sighs> you know, it's like the the dream of, of finally having your first Broadway mm-hmm. show. They're hard to get. There's not that many, you know, there's a million TV shows and a million movies that come out that have dance in them. There's probably ten Broadway shows a year that have dance, and there's just not that many spots available for choreographers.
0: Right, and it's you're all fighting for those jobs mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And um, everyone's
1: older than me and has done lots more, and I'm in that new, fresh crop of choreographers that's still, like, proving myself. But a lot of that is... Now picking projects that I'm passionate about and doing the long haul with them. My next uh, my Broadway show that's coming up, Head Over Heels. Head Over Heels, uh, with Michael Mayer. Um, March
0: first, is it open? Is that a uh, 2018 or is that we
1: are going? I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. Um, we're doing an out of town tryout in the spring. Okay. Um. And but the show it should be announced shortly. Gwyneth Paltrow is our producer. Um. It is using the music of the Go Go's, that that 1980s incredible. But this is
0: the whole twist on there. It's it has nothing to
1: do with. <laughs> their story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those, it's a, a, a mashup musical using the uh, novel, I guess it was even before the novel existed. It was a romance called Arcadia from the 1500s. So it's all written in Elizabethan verse. So it's essentially Shakespeare. And so it's taking like Shakespeare text and putting it with this punk rock music and the entire team that did Hedwig, everybody costumes ah. and and uh, sets and lighting and Michael Mayer, the director and myself. This is our, our second Foray into you know into the scene and the Go Go's are around and helping write it and it's just it's a really really cool show but I've been on it for three years I've been working yeah on you the guys show.
0: did an outer town tryout in Seattle I want to say or like they, a workshop or we
1: we've done workshops and readings up at Vassar and you know you it takes on average it's seven years. Um, to, to get a Broadway show off the ground, and that sounds like a crazy number, but it is true. And because even before I came on, this was kicking around for years, mm-hmm. and they they did an actual full production, which Sonia actually choreographed um, up at Oregon Shake. That's what I was about saying. four years ago, and they it didn't the show didn't work, and they cleaned house as as often does mm-hmm. like Frozen just opened. Frozen went through three complete teams of directors and choreographers before they landed where they are now,
0: and they're in Denver right now. So it's, I just
1: went to opening this yeah. week in Denver, but um. But yeah, so they did this they did this show up at Oregon Shake that Sonia was choreographing and um, you know, they'd let go of the director and then had to let go of the entire team and it fell into the laps of Michael and myself now.
0: That's incredible. Um what is it like working with the Go Go's? Like Belinda Carlisle? Come on, they're all—they're just all like
1: she's bad. They're—they're got... they're badass chicks, if I can say. And they've been through yeah. a lot. They—they <laughs> they,
0: their story. I don't know if anyone's ever seen. There's a couple documentaries floating around about them. Their story is like unbelievable because they were the first women to like yeah. write, play their own instruments You're as an all groundbreaking, opera, groundbreaking. And their
1: songs, like you know, they have their couple big hits like "Vacation" and "Our Lips Are Sealed" and "We Got the Beat." But I mean, we have an entire show of their music, which Tom Kit, who has a Pulitzer for um, uh, Next to Normal. He's a brilliant music arranger. Has taken this music and just transformed it. Mm. And there are so many incredible songs that are in their catalogs from over the years that you don't know about. And we use Belinda's music as well. So like Heaven Is a Place on Earth is oh, in there. Yes. And, Her um, solo
0: career. Yes, I love indeed.
1: It. We've we've bent the rules a little bit and used and used hers as well. But you know, it's a it's a huge dance show, and I'm so. It's, I'm so passionate about it, as you have to be to, to sit, I, you know, sit waiting for years and years and years mm-hmm. for something to to come to fruition. So, so I am, you know, that's that's where I'm at now in my career as a choreographer. Is I'm having to actively just go out there and make those projects happen for myself, because still at this stage, like my, you know, you don't get your door knocked on and get piles of Broadway shows handed to you. The competition is way too fierce.
0: Uh, I know that you're saying, like, a a lot of your career is moving towards director, which really is a natural path, I always think, for choreographers. And and we're we're watching... Not
1: everyone should do it. Not (laughs)
0: everyone... Give (laughs) me the list. Give me the receipts, Spencer. Sorry. (laughs) It's
1: No, but... Because it's different (laughs) skills.
0: No, it it is. But I I think that a lot of people... Like, we've seen a natural progression for a lot of people. Like, if you even go old school, like, Michael Bennett, Bob Fosse, that type of thing. We're seeing Andy, obviously. He did it this year with... um, with Bandstand, uh, and you said you mentioned it before. So, do you have your eyes set on on directing?
1: I do. I have a whole wave next next year. Um, I'm starting to hit the regional theater circuit scene where mm-hmm. I started as a choreographer. I will now am you know, going back to those theaters that I worked at, and now I will be, will be directing and choreographing. Um, but I'm also writing and conceiving a lot now. So I have a Broadway show that I'm writing and conceiving. I have a movie that I am writing, um, and Please I have a TV show. Tell me, it's show. a dance
0: movie. Yes, everything we... is everything
1: is dance based. But I yeah, so I have, and that's a lot of the game as well you know we uh, i'm lucky and i'm at william morris which is an incredible agency that has departments everywhere and you know you're they're able to get you the rights to things and they can put you in the rooms with all the best people
0: and just to explain to people so they understand william morris will package things together they'll put you together producers or writers things things. yeah it's like a little collaborative effort
1: so i made a huge choice to leave the dance agencies i was at clear and they were incredible but you know they get you sort of the one-off jobs. They get they got me all the little sitcom works and and all that and and I wanted to be more in charge and mm-hmm. think you know bigger picture. So just right now I have a reality show that I'm a producer on and will be in that um, that will be happening and like I said I'm, I've got a Broadway show that I'm writing and a movie and those are things that you know will take a couple of years to happen but they they're passion projects that just anytime I have time off I go back to them and, and advance them as much as I can.
0: I love it. Is it a reality competition show or it is, is it?
1: It is not. I will okay. say it's Um. so I teach for this incredible organization called Broadway Dreams Foundation yes. and we go all all across the country. We teach in 10 cities and we are now international. Um, we go to Russia and we go to Brazil and we find the most incredibly talented kids and a lot of them are underprivileged and would never be able to take the, you know, classes, and we bring in the top Broadway directors, choreographers, and performers, and in one week in these cities, we have, you know, sometimes it's 100 kids in Philadelphia with 300 students. Mm-hmm. Most of them are on scholarship, um, we do an incredible amount of fundraising, but we we cast shows. Each director comes in, and we each decide, okay, I'm going to do a Moulin Rouge section. I'm going to do a Cabaret section. I'm going to do Hairspray, and we do little mini versions, 20-30 minute versions of these shows. Mm-hmm. You know, so we do like four or five of them in a night. But we we find these kids, we cast them, we train them, and then these Broadway stars come in and perform side by side with them. <laughs> so fun. And uh, you know, this is an, an organization I've been teaching with for about six years. It's been around for ten years. And the stories and these kids that we now, so many of our kids, we have kids that have gone from homeless to their second Broadway show. So I, you know, we've followed this around as a documentary for a while, and and I, I was finally the one that was like, guys, this is a TV show, and I'm so inspired. I would like other people to be as inspired as I am. I go back a couple times a year and put everything on hold just to have opportunity to meet and work with these kids because they are the next generation.
0: Oh, I love that! I love that! And I know you were in Moscow earlier. This I did. I've year. gone back
1: to Russia twice to direct and put on a show there. How,
0: how is it? I mean, obviously, w- you know, political situation. Like we hear so much here in the United States, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it's our leaders of state arguing. They're human. You know, they're people. They're they're.
1: Uh, it was. Uh, I went to Russia the first time last year before any of this happened. Yeah. Um, and then again in the spring, and it was obviously a very different political climate. But, uh, you know. One, I love my Russians. I they are I have some close friends there now. They are so talented and they are so passionate. And all they wanted to do was sing and dance with us. And they asked you know, us to come over because they're the musical theater genre is, is fledgling there. They don't have the training. Mm-hmm. And so we were sponsored. I was sponsored by the U.S. Embassy on a humanitarian arts wow. exchange program to go over there and work with them. So it was a very beautiful thing I got to do. And I got a lot of flack from people, like, why are you going to Russia and we don't like Russia? And I'm like, we have nothing to do with I'm going to spread positivity. I'm going there yeah. to show them respect, to work with them, to gain their respect yeah. because I guarantee you that it will do far more – than sitting at home and and tweeting or just saying I'm not gonna have anything to do with them, and there were you know we had security with us in the, in the beginning and it was a little scary in the beginning and then and you just realize it's fine and we're not our politics all the time and as artists we actually get to just transcend that yeah. and I you know my eyes were so opened by getting to work with people that do not have as much opportunity as we do, a lot of these performers just could dream of getting to be on a Broadway stage and they never will be because we will not allow them the visas we won't ever let them to come here and do that and they have their own version of Broadway there but um you know I like I said it was a life-changing experience to go there and get to work with them I spent a month there that's
0: great and you know situations like that too you know you know the kids are getting a ton out of it but you probably walk away with so much more you're like you know So much
1: culture and oh, just just life changing yeah and right after we I went to Russia like the week later I went to Brazil and saw an entirely different side of uh, of an, another country that was so passionate about wanting to sing and dance and had no resources and no mm-hmm. Broadway down there. And they, you know, I, I, the talent level wasn't the same as the Russians, you know, the Russians are, those those people are fierce. They're
0: rooted in culture but, too, the, But yeah. the amount
1: of heart that these Brazilians had and, and just wanting to, to perform, you realize how far-reaching the arts are and how it can, you know, bond us. I get teary-eyed about it that's
0: okay no it's good though i mean see look at i'm making everyone cry on my show we talked about it beforehand but i think it's so important because we are in a time where it's things are rough and we're all looking and seeking help and we're all looking and seeking it through things like art because it's, it is life-changing
1: i remember the day after the election i thought thank god I'm an artist right now and I also thought art is about to get really good
0: it's gonna get awesome I I know in the most difficult times that's when we are like dig in and I'm like you know sometimes when we have it easy or we think like the administration is easy or whatever it is you rest um, on your laurels you rest on your laurels exactly and I think that we're we're all just getting really creative because you're like I'm angry or I'm upset or you know this isn't fair because there's so many things that are happening right now that are not fair that a lot of of us are getting forgotten about so um, it's great that you can make an impact
1: it is, it's incredibly important to, you know, we, I'm a commercial choreographer for the most part, and I don't get to do a lot of meaningful work. I don't have a company. I'm not, it's not something that interests me. Mm-hmm. I love getting a script and I love telling stories, but, you know, a lot of it is lighthearted, and, and so I, I feel like, those moments where I get to really make an impact on either a kid's life, we get them into college, we get them in a show, that's when I feel like I'm I'm doing some good for the world.
0: Yeah, and you know you can do it like one person at a time too. I think we all think on this big macro level, but I think if you think on a micro level, like I'm working with this group of kids, yeah. I know how I can impact them. Uh, you know, when I'm here and on a daily basis, or you know, social media allows you to probably stay in touch with some of them and things like that. So
1: yeah, they all become my little family, and I, I know. look out for them. Well, all,
0: all of your babies. It's it's. I think that that is incredible, and I think that you know it's a gift it's a gift that you have but it's a gift that you're sharing as well um. all right tell it you breathe for a moment on that you know <laughs> i know you're like why did you do that to me i was joking i'm like i've been That's making very everyone emotional cry. today <laughs> it's okay i you know what but though i think it shows like it's important to show different sides cuz you know we we all it's like you go on so you think and you're like here's a dance and blah 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 but there's so many different like layers to you as an artist, and I think that that being able to share that uh, yeah. on a personal level. Is, well, we have our genres
1: cool. on, so you think, and we're we're in our boxes. You know but it's like boxes? the amount of like I choreograph everything in the real world. Like you've done Bollywood and ballroom and hip. I mean, you really have to do everything. But we have our place in our lanes on that show, as everybody everybody does. And we're I feel like we've become characters on that show, just you know, as much as the dancers and people have their favorite choreographers and their favorite work, and their you know that's and I don't mind sticking in that box. I'm proud of what I do there.
0: What's your favorite work that you've done on so you think? Give you that one favorite number that you're like all ast- oh, time.
1: You know, I think it might be Come Together, which is odd because it was the one that I the only time I've ever been in on the show. Yes. Um, but that was I I just loved that was exactly who I am as a choreographer. I loved um the look of it and the feel of it and you know, that was it was definitely one of my favorite favorites. I um uh, the Melanie Moore piece, the Where Do I Begin? That was one of my Emmy nominated so ones. Yeah. That that was that was good. And uh, the other one, like Hernando's Hideaway, that I did with Jessica and Zach. Zach Everhart's like my favorite boy that's ever been on the show. You
0: said that years ago. Uh, and he
1: assisted me the week I did the Birdcage piece. Um, I just love. I just love how he dances. Sometimes those dancers really, really inspire you, and you know that's that's why I say I embrace now, no matter who I'm given. Like I had Kaylee and Cyrus this this mm-hmm. year, and you know Cyrus I'd had on the show before, and I couldn't wait to get Ka- uh, to get Kaylee. When I saw her first audition, I'm like, "Well, that's such a unique person," and I bet you she would stretch me out of my comfort zone as a choreographer. Right. Um, you know, we shape the numbers based on who we have. You know, if I had done that bird number with anybody else in the show, it certainly wouldn't it would not have been the same thing and right. I would have been challenged to make it as good as I could using other people's abilities besides the crazy kicks and turns we put in. But um you know, I always just think about it as I am choreographing for them. It's their number. They need the votes. They need to show themselves off. And the artistry that I want to show off is like this is second hand to that because I learned in that on that first week it doesn't matter how good your choreography is if they don't look good doing it, it doesn't come off well. Nobody thinks like that was a great number. And
0: Nigel number. will call you out on it on TV because yeah. he has called out he's They've done all it. Of us. Oh yeah, and it's you're just like, "Uh, I know." It's like your dad, like telling yeah, you. Yeah. Well, you just
1: and you never know what really is going on behind the scenes. People have no idea. Like, I don't know why they haven't done the reality show of what we really go through on that, on that show, and what the dancers are going through, and how exhausted they are, and our six a.m. call times to be on camera, yes. and those dancers dance all day long, and the crying, and the you know, it's it's injuries. it's insane it's a lot that of like yeah, they're fighting, they're they're like you know falling apart at the seams by the end of the finales um, they're always like they're on ivs and they're taped up in every which direction yeah. and they're so emotionally drained and you know you see the the glitzy smiley part that's the finished product but there is so much blood sweat and tears and nerves and and passion that goes into that show it's why we're still around and you know, I think this was the first year it wasn't nominated for an Emmy in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people love the kids so much, but I think this season has been fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a return to its former self. Like, it felt like So You Think this, this yeah. season. Yeah, it just you know, and a lot of the familiar faces coming back, choreography-wise, I think that was has been fun, you know. Right. Uh, having weeks of, like, you're here, Nappy Tabs, we saw Mia, just a lot of people. We're missing Sonya high, I will say I that. I know.
1: Well, Sonia's, I she's think busy. She's got her company, and she's got, and she's trying to break into the Broadway world as well.
0: She was at, didn't she work at the Delacorte? I think she worked in Central Park. She did. She a show did. That, yeah. um,
1: she, yes, she did indeed. um And I would love to see, you know, I want to see what Sonia does in a Broadway, you know, forum. I It's going to be out, you know, out of the box. I think it's time that the, the reigning Broadway people that are that are there doing every single show yeah. need to leave, leave way for some of these new people You're like, like I'm and ready and, you know. I'm
0: here <laughs> what it is it, it, it creates a, a freshness and an energy on the scene and I think it raises everyone else's game, yeah. too. Creates challenges. Kicks
1: you in the butt. Be like, oh, I can't. Okay. I'm she's, she's like, imagine Sonia coming in and do something that's going to scare the crap out of, like, a <laughs> Kathleen Marshall who is not, you know, not in a bad way, but, like.
0: No, in a just, good way. We all need to be pushed. I, you know, I know that there's people nipping up my heels. Like, it, it does. It keeps me motivated.
1: Well, you've done such an incredible, I mean, you you saw a void in the scene and you charged ahead and it was your passion that, that made you do it and has made us all want to come back and talk to you because Thank we you. know it comes from a place of love and respect yeah. and, you know, there was, nobody was doing what you were doing now. And now I don't
0: get it Why? because it was, it was this really big hole and you guys deserve all the accolades and you guys deserve, you know, being elevated. No, you do. You guys work so hard and I'm like, and, hearing from people on social media that they, they want to know more about you guys they're like what did you hear about this and what do you know and you know and i try and get as much as i can without like blowing jeff thacker's top because i know that i get sometimes too much
1: <laughs> you find out everything <laughs> i find out things about the show from reading your twitter feed that i don't know on weeks that i'm on i'm like <laughs> you're like
0: what i've had people on saying i found out news that i had a job before by reading your Twitter feed, I hadn't gotten the call from my agent. So I'm like, funny. oh, my gosh, I know. That's,
1: well, there you go, ahead of the game.
0: <laughs> I try, I try, you know, but again, I want the positive news out there. I don't want, you know, there's plenty of stuff that I sit on all the time because I'm like, who does it help? It makes me look like a jerk. Um, it doesn't help your, anyone else's career. You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. there's a balance to it all, so I think that that's important. because, And you know what? We're all human. We all have bad days, too, so I do realize that. I have plenty of them myself. Um, since it is our friendiversary and we're we're just about to wrap up, I want to know when I sit down with you in five years on our 10 year friendiversary, where's Spencer Lyft going to be?
1: I will be, um, gosh, um. You know, it, it will definitely be. I hope a few big movies under my belt that I will have directed and choreographed. Um, I'm hoping that I can still lead my amazing bicoastal life that I have been able to do. I love being in LA and New York mm-hmm. so much. It is a blessing to get to go back and forth between those two great cities. I, I do envy you. Um, <laughs> you know, I've. This is the longest stretch I've gone without being in New York. I had a show that opened there over Memorial Day. I haven't been back since. Which is, and I feel it. I feel it in my heart. I need to go back. Um, I think that I I will have I would say another two or three big hits on Broadway. Um, hopefully, there will be like three companies of Head Over Heels out, and and I would like that some of these shows that I'm writing, um, you know, to, to to happen. I would like to have producer credits on things, um, but you know, in five years, if I you know am still I'm still kicking it around. I uh, have to keep a steady incline, like I can't feel like I'm plateauing and mm-hmm. I can't repeat myself. Um, and sometimes that just comes from the projects you pick, like learning sign language to do Spring Awakening was yeah. a total push into a world I didn't know. So if I will remain happy, as long as I feel like I'm growing every year as an artist and and adding to my list of accomplishments and, and managing to still keep my friends and my social life um, because I consider myself a pretty happy person and I've always been able to find a balance between how important it is to like go to brunch with your friends or cook a nice dinner mm-hmm. or you know being able to go to Palm Springs for a night or two to relax. I have to do that stuff. I deserve it as everybody does um, and I get too attached sometimes. I, my happiness gets too related to my work and it's interesting because I get, like, when I walk into So You Think You Can Dance Rehearsal, I'm, like, skipping because I'm so happy to be there. Right. And then, like, on a week where I'm off or I'm doing something else, like, I feel a void or if I'm just not working in a week at all. So I've been struggling with, like, how do I not directly relate my happiness to my to my work? Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I'm like, well, at least I know my work makes me so freaking happy that when I'm not doing it, I feel like i have You know, like I don't have anything to live. It's
0: a dream, though. It really is, because people are always like, "What do you really want to do?" I'm like, "I am doing it. I'm living it." And so many people go to work every day, and you know, they sit in an office or they don't get that pleasure of of doing that. So that is a gift. But I always say, the most well-rounded artist is the one that also has a good work-life balance.
1: You have to. You have to. And you have to go on. Like, I uh, when I finished in Russia this year, I had two weeks um, before I had to be in New York to start a brand new musical. And I didn't want to come back to L.A., and I was by myself, and I said, I'm just going to travel, and I'm going to go wherever the wind takes me. So I went to Copenhagen, I went to Stockholm, I went to Amsterdam, um, I went to Paris. I had no plans. I arrived in a city. I booked a hotel on Hotels Tonight. I stayed for two or three nights whenever I got bored. I looked at flights, and I literally picked, and I said, I want to go there, and I went. And not everybody gets to do that, but I tell you, I felt, I've never felt freer. I never felt more filled with art. I took pictures of everything, and that. That will feed me for a year or two of you know artistic you know I don't know it was like a recharge that I that I really needed to do um, we
0: got a birdcage piece out of it you did
1: like you and you never know where you where you're gonna find and traveling
0: alone yeah. is, is a really wonderful thing I've done uh, it and it's I love it
1: I can I you know it. I can eat a nice dinner by myself I can go you feel so free when you just follow wherever you want to go yeah. I just walked down the streets and went into museums and um, you know that that I now want to be able to do that once a year, but there's something also about having no agenda and just just literally like being spontaneous is so is so important I think for an artist.
0: Yeah, it certainly is, and I think it you know it creates you know new memories. It but it also brings like new things into your life, which is incredible. Wow. Well, Spencer, are we done? Yeah, I know, I know. I was like, I'm the hour has gone. Believe did it. Did we not. talk
1: about anything we were supposed to?
0: You know what? It's <laughs> all
1: over the map, but. Um, <laughs>
0: You know, that's what I love. Kickball I'm, change, I feel like you're Kickball just change, you're like, can we just more. talk about... <laughs> no, we did, we talked, because I, you know, I don't think a lot of people knew a lot about your early Broadway, yeah, your time. Broadway baby life. I'm trying to think
1: of other like, I also went to School of American Ballet, which most people didn't know. I was at, went to I, was, SAB. I went to SAB for years, and, you know, I didn't I didn't get the studio life, and I didn't ever do competition, that's another thing. And I don't teach on convention, that's in, that's a, a huge thing that's different for me, is, like, I, I never was really connected to that world, so I rarely go into, into that, um, and that's, you know, it's... I'm not in that clique like Travis and all of them. They all go and teach together every weekend, but I, it's never been something that's interested me. But you're
0: going where it feeds your soul. I, think I do. Important. I do
1: teach my other things, but yeah, yeah. anyway, that's a, But I, you know, I didn't have that normal dance upbringing of being in a studio and doing the competition, which has become even bigger. I mean, it's Thanks insane how moms. huge that is.
0: Dance moms.
1: Well, and, and the shows. I mean, I yeah. would credit Dancing with the Stars, and so you think you can answer that as well. Yeah. But um, anyway. That's my sorry. We just felt like the need to say a little bit more about my dance background. You're like,
0: wait, I have more dance resume. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why we'll we'll keep bringing you back. We'll have a whole other hour and you'll have like a thousand other things. I love it. You're like I can do all of this too. I know.
1: It's, it's <laughs> like, think about like people who watch this. I'm like, who wants to listen to me no, talk? No, really everyone
0: much? does. I adore you. You've always you've had always had like good stories and stuff. So I always appreciate
1: that. Well, thank you. And happy have,
0: friendiversary. Happy You're so far away, so I, but I'll give you a hug later.
1: Uh, it's been a good five. Years.
0: It's been a good five years. I certainly appreciate it.
1: In five more years, we'll see you on E.
0: On E, yes. We'll be on E uh, have a whole huge dance, dance, dance segment
1: show. on E dance.
0: <laughs> I love it. We'll be doing, like...
1: Oh, my God. It'll be Dancing called... with the Stars 42nd season. And,
0: and yeah, no, season 20 of So You Think. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, thank you for joining us here on this episode of To The Point. Very interesting episode, Spencer. I certainly
1: appreciate well, that. Well, thank you. Thank you for watching. If you, if you stuck around, I appreciate <laughs> he did, it. He did. he's dead. Tweet me.
0: All right. We'll see you guys next week. I will be announcing the guest on Friday.